0: Because you know there's a the handful of people actually run everything. That's true. It's provable. Not conspiracy. It's all about control. Today we just cattle. Numbers battling each other while they creeping in the shadows. Scheming, plotting, clocking. Your every move locked in your mind. Brainwashing until it's rocking. Got the population operating as they want them. Symbolically mocking them thinking nothing can stop them. So open your eyes to the lies of the evil. The poison in the minds and the lives of your people. And every time they lead you down a line to deceive you. It's always too late to see through a veil that they hide behind Cause your third eye is blind Better take a stand, we running out of time Ain't nobody coming to save us, fuck with you out of mind Arm yourself with the truth and jump behind the battle line Can we turn it around? Yeah, it's possible will or four United this is for the world, this is for the masses, attached to the strings, being pulled by puppet masters. This is for the youth, searching for the proof, keep on looking for the clues, I'll provide you with some truth. This is for the ones, waking up from the spell, beginning to discover themselves. Yeah, this is for the youth, searching for the truth, keep on looking for the clues, I'll provide you with some proof. This is for the world, world. good evening ladies and gentlemen my name is james Cordiner. you're watching a hitchhiker's guide to truth uh and my website is free for free your mind new england and tonight i have a very special guest but first as i've been doing uh lately i'm gonna bring in the housekeeping first and we have coming up is coming up fast is the next black pill digest and we are, uh, going to be doing that on April 29th and black pill digest is, a relatively well, I'd say month, once a month show hosted by myself and Sean McCann of wake the dead. And, uh, this month we will be, we will be talking about an unfolding technocracy. So that's going to be interesting. I suggest that everyone look forward to that. Um, Enrollment for How to Become the True Media is open, and How to Become the True Media is an online technology skill-sharing seminar. It's going to be an intensive 23-week technology skill-sharing seminar hosted on Telegram by Mark Passio of whatonearthishappening.com. This year, just like last year, he'll be doing it every Monday evening at 8 p.m. start time, 8 p.m. Eastern, going to 11 p.m., and uh, that's going to be starting on Monday, July 10th, going all the way to December 11th, and that's a total of 23 weeks, 23 classes. There is limited space available, so you know, get over there and to uh, howtobecomethetruemedia.com and enroll. Enrollment ends on July 4th, or maybe even earlier, depending on how quickly the the uh, spots all fill up. So, um do not hesitate. Get over there and enroll in How to Become the True Media. This is a course that has been of great value to myself and many, many others. We we are dealing with a battlefield of information and we are combating the lies and deceit of the mainstream media. And the only way to do that is to really learn how to put together a podcast or a blog or a live stream, you know, such as this that you're watching or listening to the replay of and to really get the truth out there of what's really going on here, the condition of slavery that we're in and uh, raising awareness, raising other people's consciousness about that in the digital space. And this course is really a launch pad for many, many other people to really gain the knowledge that they need. Um, if you think that you don't know enough, well, he really takes it from square one. He really takes it from the beginning. He'll teach the beginners, the intermediates, and heck, even some experts could really uh, learn a thing or two from this course. So get over there, please. Next, uh, of course, we're streaming on the, uh, the One Great Work Network. That's onegreatworknetwork.com. Got about 70 content creators over there creating uh, excellent content, you know, um, and uh, we're ending slavery one mind at a time. And last but not least, this year, on September 23rd and the 24th, I will be participating in the Seed 5 Metamorphosis Conference. It's a free online conference about the occult, esotericism, freedom, history, philosophy, symbolism, and natural law. All-star line of speakers. All-star lineup of speakers. As I always say, myself, James Cordiner, Douglas Martin, Nate Cap, Mark Passio, Chris Jansen, Will Keller, Brandon Martin. Leslie Powers, Brandon Spencer, Patty Logger, Dorian Greens, Cullen Smith, Dylan McCormick, Mark Devlin, Corey Endrelott, Logan Hart, and Seth Kisposa. Uh There's going to be, uh, I expect, you know, maybe I'm talking it up a little much, but I expect there to be a little more than just um, a killer lineup of speakers and presentations. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some surprises to uh, to experience along the way. So, that does it for our housekeeping this evening for now, and without any further ado, I'm going to bring in um, Chris Nelson, our special guest this evening. Chris Nelson from EvolveConsciousness.org, and uh, how, how are you, Chris? Nice to, nice to have you on, nice to finally meet you, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see
1: where our conversation goes tonight. I'm doing well, thank you, and thanks for having me yeah it should be a, a good conversation it always is when uh, whenever you talk about truth and morality the supreme importance that it should be in uh, in all our lives
0: yeah for sure uh it is it is like the crux of all of our work is is really making sure that the truth of morality gets out there because that is like at the heart of the battle if people performing mental gymnastics on a daily basis to see what they can and cannot get away with. And their little mini me Satanist moral relativistic mindset that they have been conditioned into, which is directly the cause that's leading us down this path into ultimate and complete slavery, the way of maximum pain as some people have called it. And, um, pain can be a teacher. Pain can be definitely something you can learn from, but we are, Uh, It it seems that we as a species cannot get out of our own way in terms of the pain that we're inflicting upon ourselves, the self-inflicted wounds that we're suffering from. And it's it's really a terrible situation that we're that we're facing here. And it just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse as time goes on. And um, I mean, I would like to sit here and give people a little bit of the white pill and say that that it could change. I mean, of course, it could change. Anything can happen. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like enough people are really getting out there and speaking up, and and speaking truth to power, and making sure that people know that like right and wrong exist for everybody equally the same way, and there's no escaping it. You can try as as much as you'd like, but there's really no escaping it. And uh, the sooner you get on the train of morality, objective morality, the better. And we can all ride into the sunset on a, a and and actually have freedom, real freedom, unbridled freedom. And I last week at the end of the show, when I was talking with Brandon Martin, I said something silly about, you know, I wasn't sure if a lot of people have heard of your work. And it was like, it was kind of, I, I thought to myself afterwards, I was like, why the hell did I say that? I don't, I don't even know if that's true. Um, So I don't know if you, if, if you caught wind of that, uh, but I, I don't know. I kind of wanted to uh, extend a, uh, an apology for, for that because um, then I went and really, cause I've, I've only just recently gotten into your work, but I never understood uh, what I hadn't understood at the time. It was the timeline of your, uh, your pro like your, your process of, of, of your own consciousness, your own waking up process, and just how long it has been that you've been putting out content and to the extreme quality of your content should definitely be noted and, and, t- and uh, taken into consideration here. Personal thank you from me to you. Uh, I have not been doing it as long as you in this digital space. I've been, you know, uh, I'm kind of a fresh face in the grand scheme of things, but I, I really, it's really great to have you here. And it's really great to have such a heavy hitter who's just produced. dude, you do fantastic work. So, I mean, uh, you know, thank, thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Well, you're welcome. And thank you for the kind words. It's, uh, my pleasure to do. Cause yeah, like, I guess it was more when I started, uh, the passion for, um, you know, getting the work out there to try to get more people to understand. It was, uh, once, once you're in it, you know, you get like, you have a deep care for truth and you just, you got to run with it. Once you, you develop that, when you ignite that flame and that, uh, that desire in you, well, uh, you got to learn it, first of all, obviously, that's the, the the alchemical part, the first part of the, I guess you could call it, of the great work. And then the the second part of the great work is the more the, the active part of, well, taking what you you've input and consumed as knowledge and information and verifying it as best as you can, I suppose, or even speculative stuff, you can even teach that, but gaining some understanding and then projecting it outwards through sharing and teaching and uh, getting more people to understand, uh, especially as as you started off, the, the most pivotal part is the importance of moral truth itself as the, and we have to care for that uh, above all. And uh, that's what's most important. And to tie back the first thing that you said with some of the last things you said um, with respect to uh, the work I've done and how I came to that process or how I awakened and et cetera, um, so you mentioned uh, the aspect of people needing to suffer. You started off with that. And I'll tie it into how I also uh, started this as as well. Um, that's the something that people need to understand is the importance of the negative. And uh, I'm just gonna take my hoodie off. I like my hoodie usually, but I got the door closed and so it's like really hot in here now since we got like a, a little quick summer for the past two weeks. And in April there, it's pretty hot, but uh, I like to keep my ears uh, warm in my head, but right now I'm, I'm getting a little hot. So the, the importance of the negative, I've talked about it in, in articles, mostly I've written about it, uh, uh, shattering falsity, I think was one of the main ones and chaos, the negative. And unfortunately that often comes with suffering either. It can be just psychological suffering of the, the conflict of, of your expectations or your illusions of what you thought was true and then actual truth coming to shatter that falsity so that can cause some psychological suffering or you can have physical suffering in your life if you're off the path that you actually walk and your actions you take well that can reverberate as negative consequences and you can suffer or not even yourself but just the society you live in because of the societal enslavement and the persistent occulted enslavement that we live in with government there's a lot of negatives that can happen in your life that are a result of us uh, in the aggregate collectively not doing our part to try to awaken our fellow our man to the importance of moral truth and learning uh, those concepts of uh, objective morality and how they apply to, to better ourselves and uh, each other collectively as we co-create uh, the human world that we've created so far and to tie that back in to how i started it was in 2006 and the suffering that i had was uh, uh, the chaos and the negative was uh, psychological in terms of, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the Alex Jones documentary, A Terror Storm? No. No? That one was uh, pretty impactful for me. I had seen uh, a few months before was uh, 9-11 Loose Change. And I've always like liked conspiracy stuff, but that didn't click it for me. But when I watched Terror Storm off of a torrent site, um, the part that really got to me, and I had to like shut off the documentary until like a week later, was when it got to... like. Uh, the John Yoo memo of um, torturing children for the alleged insurgents over in like Afghanistan or Iraq. And that really shocked me to like my core. That was like the chaos that got me. That was the catalyst because I always look at it as for people to really awaken and really awaken to more of a a deeper care for truth that drives them onto what at the time called a knowledge quest. So you begin your, you're on your path to truth and Where is it going to take you and you, you actually care about learning, autodidactic learning and um, learning on your own. Uh, That was what catalyzed it for me. That was my catalyst. And that's why I view often it's the, the chaos, the negative, the suffering has to occur in order to catalyze a lot of people. But unfortunately, like you said, as we observe, especially in the past three years, we observe both sides, that that is what was necessary to wake up a lot of people because some people just were oblivious to the issues of government or how reality actually functioned monetary system you know it all snowballs examples are like uh, really popular is um, robert f kennedy and the children's health defense well now they even have corbett james corbett of the corbett report on it's like weekly or bi-weekly or something for one of their uh, their videos and so they're getting exposed to a lot more information that they weren't before and that's all thanks to chaos the suffering the negative coming into people's lives, taking them away from their comfort, which is what's juxtaposed to that suffering. And that's what prevents people from actually giving a shit and caring because they're apathetic because they have too much comfort. And that's the, you know, the bread and circuses. is Well, you keep people entertained by so many entertainments of whatever people like uh, sports or movies or music or whatever, just going on social media, whatever can get a dopamine fix. So it's all that pleasure trap whatever provides some type of um, positive, pleasurable association psychologically, well, that's what people are uh, inclined towards, uh, perpetuating and repeating that type of of behavior. So they don't really care about, well, everything's fine for them, as long as it's fine, as you mentioned, the mini-me Satanism, it's fine for them, then they're not going to really care to look beyond their little bubble of reality, their bubble of perception, because as long as they're good and their family's good and they're taken care of and life is going decently, well, then they're not gonna care and they're just gonna try to just enjoy life. That's part of the, the pleasure trap that I focused on, uh, partly in some of my work that people just want to enjoy life and they're not looking at, well, what about the negative? And they just wanna focus on the positive. And as long as they keep doing that and they're not actually looking at the negative, the dark side, both within ourselves and of society, and uh, that's the shadow aspects so we could, uh, Referred to as, as, it's a reflection of our individual and our collective um, inner psychological uh, demons that we have to work through and conquer in order to co-create in a, a better life for us, for us all. That's in alignment with moral truth. So I'll just uh, end it there. That's how I started and got into this, and eventually I got into PASIO. I think in 2011. Um, and uh, yeah, he's the, honestly, the the best source of information on so many topics that uh, I haven't found anyone that comes close, even has he's touted non-egoistically, but just to say that, uh, you know, he listens to his content and he's like, there's no one else doing it like him and he's, he's right. And that's what I've tried to do from the outside is I've tried to take a lot of his material and just go deeper, which is what a lot of people who... Um, or I guess my friends on Facebook, which, uh, I went a different way and they didn't like what I was doing at the time. So we fell out, but at that time they were saying like, yeah, wow, you're, you just go like, you go deeper, you take it and you, you go deeper to try to explain it more so that it becomes more clear because with higher definition, you gain higher clarity. So that's what I was trying to do. And plus, uh, I viewed that, uh, in an audio or video format, it's not easily searchable. So if you're someone searching up certain terms or whatever, um, I wanted to also put it into like text forms. So I started with text and it was easier and then I progressed to um, audio and video eventually as the years went by. But, uh, you know, when something's searchable by tur- uh, search engine, a lot more people can find it as opposed to, you know, the, the search engines don't go into video and audio and find, you know, index every word and make it searchable. Maybe in the future with AI, that'll happen. But for now, that's not the case. No, it's not.
0: Um, but yeah, I, I've I've really enjoyed the work so, so, um, that you've done. And so something else that, that's pretty silly that happened a few months ago is I did a show and I was talking about the Philosopher's
1: Stone. So. Oh, I watched that one. I saw oh, it and I was it. like, <laughs> Yeah, it was with Derek Barticoli yeah, Derek yeah and he's like oh that's from chris nelson evolve consciousness and you were I like uh, i don't know <laughs> i was like oh <laughs> he doesn't know who i am i guess i
0: was like i have no idea who that is. and then i was like i gotta go find out who that guy is and i did and i've been i've been listening to your stuff and it's just it really is is very nice uh, i really enjoy it and it's you take you take very much patience with the work and with yourself it seems like you're very dedicated and we need that, you know, people that are very dedicated and, uh, and you know, that's, that's where we're at. And I, I just, again, I appreciate it. You know, and you've been doing this series, uh, recently really expanding upon, um, upon natural law. And you started out the series a few weeks back and it's what grabbed my attention, uh, to talk with you about, your your upcoming series the work that you've put into it so far and really just hone in on morality and how it's not up to us we can perceive it we can we can understand it we can learn from it you know we can experience uh the boundaries of it but it's not up to us to really set those boundaries or to um really decide you know uh, what is right and what is wrong in terms of like the the harm that we we may or may not be causing other living things uh and you know so how that concept is again not up to us but in fact woven into the very fabric of the universe uh you know of it's the law it's the the most important part of natural law uh, the laws of behavioral consequences they've been called and you know people otherwise know it as like karmic law uh there's plenty of other names for it but you know the law of morality and again you know uh yeah pasio does really great work you know and he he is like kind of like the godfather <laughs> of of this of this kind of love. so it's it's great that we're talking about this because it actually kind of ties into my conversation with Brandon Martin last week um and where we were talking about the history of anarchy and i was i was saying that as as like modern day anarchists ourselves where we may consider ourselves to be the the true anarchists where where the philosophy that we've come to understand the knowledge that we've got gained and how we've been able to really uh, come into alignment with truth, align our perception to truth. Is I I said that we are revolutionaries within a revolution itself. Anarchists have always been revolutionaries. Well, we're kind of a subsect of anarchists, and not like the common um, common perception of what an anarchist may be, but we're revolutionaries within that within that revolution, and we're you know we're able to understand morality and really apply it and, and really apply these principles to our everyday life, you know, non-aggression self-defense, you know, and r- really just like, stand up and say, no more of this, no more of this bullshit times. The times gotta be, you know, it, it's gotta be now we got, we really got to make our voices loud and be proud of it, you know? Um, so that is, the 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 understanding of objective morality and us understanding it and taking it to its greatest extent uh and and really being able to say you know that this is true and since it's true the inevitable outcome is that the ruling class that we're all under the thumb of they need to be abolished um that is the that is the outcome of of this math equation whether it happens tomorrow or next week or another 50 years 100 years from now I don't know I don't know but going down this path toward objective morality that's the outcome so that that is what's going to create a condition of anarchy like and it's that and that's the condition in which we should be in but the only possible way we could ever get there and succeed finally succeed is if people Start to understand objective morality and how it's not up to us. We can't, as individuals, decide what's right and wrong. We can understand what's right and wrong, and then use our free will choices to decide to participate in right action, and and say I don't condone wrong action, and I'm going to do everything within my power as a free-willed individual to not participate in right. A- uh, sorry, not participate in wrong action and not condone those who do so that's why that's why I really wanted to bring you here tonight Um, I know it's probably fresh in your mind given the current series that you're doing with your presentations Uh, so um, what do you what do you what do you think is a good place to start with that Uh, I have a couple of ideas and uh, and I wanted to hear where maybe you would you would start that type of conversation
1: about, um, sorry, you said a lot of stuff like anarchism and how are the, the like the, the ones within it that are more representative morality. So, um, I guess, Ob- uh,
0: objective morality being woven into the very fabric of the universe and not being something that we can willy nilly decide, um, as an individual on an, in- on an individual basis.
1: Yeah, like uh, uh, subjective morality versus objective morality. So it'd be yeah. subjective morality in quotes, and then objective morality doesn't have any quotes. Uh, you could write it all in caps, uh, the first letters in caps to make them different. And, and yeah, that's that's the the crux, as you were saying, uh, to actually get the world of true freedom and true order, uh, which will be the the next part three that's I'm working on finishing. to uh, to get that out. So it's all in a, my series is in a logical progression, because if you look at, you know, like the last one I did was uh, slavery. Well, what's slavery? Well, the definition itself deals with property. So that's why I had to do rights first. And what comes after slavery was the definition of freedom. But the definition of freedom has slavery in it. So I had to do slavery first. So each one is a linear progression in order to explain what comes next. By explaining the what that next definition will contain as a as part of its meaning, well, I have to explain the parts before. So there's like uh, you know the first one was two and a half hours, the next one is three and a half. So I go into a lot of detail um, as opposed to just like a, a five minute bite on like okay, well this is what it means. But I like I said, I want to give more detail to really hammer at home for people to really understand it And as many aspects that I can bring to the table to elucidate that and demonstrate that. Uh, the truth so people can see it in, in reality for themselves and uh yeah the we're, we're never gonna get there um like you said uh is it gonna be 10 years 100 years it could be a thousand years but one thing's for sure is that it surely will never happen if we don't even try and to try to make it happen to get that result of true freedom and live in as i've uh, called it in some of my work in the symbolism of like heaven or a paradise. Um, That's in order to get there, we have to do what we're doing, which is to explain concepts and make them understood by people so that they can have uh, a core understanding of these fundamentals like rights and slavery. Well, why is government bad? Well, it's slavery, but what is slavery? So you have to explain all this stuff and it takes a lot of a lot of time to to understand it it's you can say it's simple once you understand but the the complexity is in in gathering all those points of detail in order to really see that that is the the case in reality and for some people it might be simpler and uh, they get it really quick for some people it might take a lot of detail so i'm trying to provide as much detail as i possibly can to to get people to to really grasp these concepts at a deeper level and use them as principles so that they can that they can use them as a launch pad to guide themselves in their life in the direction they want to go Um, as long as it's within objective morality and natural law your natural rights the law and to not violate it which is to not initiate harm to others and if you do initiate harm well you're violating the property rights which ultimately all derive from your first property right of your self-ownership. So everything that initiates harm is a violation of some, you could call them a lesser form of property based on that derivation of your first natural right of self-ownership. And so they're all claims of ownership upon you from in varying degrees of severity or quantity. And uh, yeah, that's what I recently talked about in the the last presentation on natural law, the science of morality. Part two, slavery.
0: Yeah, you did a wonderful job with that. I, um, I, I liked the the breakdown of the tears uh, and the, the way that you were very tempered in your approach with explaining uh, to people. You know, maybe maybe take a minute and think about uh, the type of harm that's come your way or the the violation that's come your way before you go and 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 act upon it. See if the response that you're that you're giving them is is perhaps equal to the the violation that was uh that that you were that you were victim of um yeah. I, I guess and, and th- that was that was really nice to hear that you know um and and you in the first part uh it really it really seemed like you were going through like the the logical aspects of it uh and and i was really thinking of like the 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 man is it called the the law of identification law of identity yeah yeah where like this is this is where perception starts this is where we use like our five senses to really see what the like and you were talking about the apple and you were talking about you know the apple has properties and qualities and it, it was bringing to mind to me that it's like well what a are in in that context of the word property what what is the human the human's properties well we you know we may have different colored skin or different colored hair eyes heights weights all of that but we're all we're all and we're all we're all human so i mean how could it be that i have i have different rights than someone else how how is it that i would have ever have different privileges or rights than someone else and how can i justify uh giving those rights up how can i ever justify expecting someone else to provide for me that which i'm more than capable of providing for myself uh and the vast majority of people are capable of providing these things for themselves however they've been conditioned into this mindset where they have to rely on big daddy government to come in and and take care of them and it's like a it's almost like a, it's like a self-propelling machine where the government's existence has created this this crippled uh, portion of society, and then they turn those crippled people—not like actual—it's just a metaphor, folks. It's like it, it's so. But they, they turn around and they plead for help to the same people who caused them the suffering in the first place. And that to me is just kind of uh, really like masochistic. You know, it, it's 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 kind of sick. And yes. this, this is what they like to have, you know. And as far as like, you know, morality being woven in, like, into the fabric of the universe, which I, I keep referring to it as because it is. Um, something that I've observed ever since like I've had children is, and this is funny, it just happened the other day and I was thinking about our conversation and I'm watching my daughter. She takes like a, a, a bucket, you know, and it's got some sand in it. She pours it on the driveway and, um, then she goes to, then she goes to go grab the sand off the driveway and she scrapes her fingers on the driveway she's not hurt by this or anything like that. But in the back of my mind, I go, Oh, is it, is she going to maybe hit one of her fingernails and go, Ooh, you know, and, and kind of wince and pull back and feel a little bit of a, feel a little pain. Um, I think that our ability to feel pain from the very moment that we're born and even before we're even out of the womb, um, Babies that are still in utero can can definitely feel pain. Uh, I think that that is directly tied to morality, and I think that it's t- I think that it's be I think that it's like that because it is our ability to identify harm, and our ability to to really understand what harm is from our own perspective, and then with a conscience, realize that. You wouldn't want to do that which you've experienced and identify as harm to somebody else. And then it takes it takes a certain amount of education from there to really expound upon what constitutes harm. But I think that it all starts with physical pain, um, from the time that we're all very young children and some time. Well. From the time that you're conscious of that pain where maybe you grab a curling iron with your hand and you burn your hand, you know that hurts. And then the golden rule comes in and you start to teach children. This is why it's so important that the intervention of this starts early. Because then it becomes a part of their, it becomes a part of their upbringing and a part of their consciousness from a very young age, and uh, the psychopathy has very little room to kind of wiggle its way in there, where we're actually raising children to be um, aware of the most recognizable form of pain, which is physical pain, and that is something you don't do to somebody else because how would you like that done to you? you know golden rule you know so i was thinking about the, that the other day and just our existence alone our nervous systems the way that we're built uh, everything and i think
1: that that's where it kind of begins
0: but what do you think about that
1: well i think you're, you're you're accurate in that assessment you know the young children don't have the uh the, the self-reflective capacities as say uh, an older child or a teenager certainly an adult. So that's all a, a learning process to uh, learn to differentiate self from others and uh, cooperate as well because when they're young they have um, you know there's different phases of development and there's the when they learn to like get into their identity and then they're more um, like now my son's in he turned three in February so it's all like no, there's a lot of no's even to things that he wants, and then it's like five seconds later he says yes. <laughs> There's like it's all like this this rebellion against the the authority of the parents to in order to distinguish himself and create his own identity and his own self sense of autonomy and and control over himself, and so it's an interesting process. But yeah, at first the the most obvious thing before you learn to develop that that self awareness or that. Uh, Ego differentiation process and developing the personality and your identity, as I've called in my work, the ego hyphen personality hyphen identity construct that we build as we grow and learn and information and our environment, everything, everything we consume from what we see to what we hear has an impact on us, whether we're aware of it or not, it all imprints and leads to the formation of who we become. And uh, definitely, the the physical aspect is the the one that's automatic in a in our biological processes, and whatever ways it's it's connected to um, signals in the brain through the nervous system, and and in turn to our our mind and our psyche, our psychology, and different levels of consciousness, subconscious and unconscious, or whatever layers you want to go into. the 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 most basic layer is the the physical layer that. That sends signals so that we can be aware of them and how we respond to them. So that that pain, when we when we're aware of the pain, sure, um, that becomes where the we reflect ourselves, like in a theory of mind, and recognize, well, the others are like us, and since I don't like that, well, I wouldn't want them to do it, and I wouldn't want them to do something to me uh, that that causes them pain, even if I'm not aware of it yet. Um, so we have this like reciprocity, and that also the reciprocity comes back to the self-defense principle in and, and uh, you know paying back a debt for the initiation of harm. And as I said in the first part, which you you mentioned already, there's like a measure of well the debt they created. You have to respond more appropriately to that level of debt that was created, and not go to the extreme of just taking someone's life for any initiation of harm such as I suggested which was uh, uh, lying the theft of your ability to make informed decisions so that you can walk a proper path and uh, get the outcome that you want as opposed to being deceived and think you're going to be doing something but you were informed incorrectly and then you don't get the outcome because uh, you were, your conception of reality was was flawed based on that, that deception which made you made an uninformed and bad decision going forward but uh, yeah good point on the the physicality that that is an important part of of how we can learn to apply the golden rule of uh, or the reverse the, the apophatic part of the golden rule of uh, don't do to others what you don't want done to you right. and that's uh, definitely a a primary a basic biological factor for the bio, the biology plus the the consciousness, the psychological aspect to the feedback and learn from in order to develop that a greater understanding at a possible more conscious awareness level as opposed to um, intuitive or automatic um, sense of right and wrong, which people obviously get wrong because they think the things the government do is right because that sense of intuition and automatic um, feeling your way to maybe the, the truth or certain information and knowledge in order to grasp it as uh, and develop an understanding and reflect it into reality. To see if it's true or not. Well, that's lacking and there definitely needs to be more conscious awareness as opposed to more of an unconscious, uh, just let the, uh, the information from your unconscious or subconscious bubble up in an intuitive process, uh, to inform you, um, I view them all as, as logic. In one of my presentations in the past, I've I've viewed intuition as uh, as based in logic, but not that logic is always going to give you the truth. You can make errors even with logic, but it's more of an unconscious process of connecting information that, that comes to you. And you're not using your conscious mind to say like, uh, one and two and three and four, and that, oh, that leads me to this conclusion. Your intuition is just, it's doing it for you you're not consciously doing it, and it's just providing you with these conclusions where you get these insights, these aha moments or eureka moments, and things just come to you. Um, I view that as like uh, it's it's all logic at uh, the foundation of reality. As you mentioned before, the, the law of identity, um, that's one of the fundamentals. A is not B. A is A. An apple is not an orange. So these are fundamentals of the universe. Things are what they are. They're not something else that they aren't. And uh, that's part of logic and the law of contradiction, the law of excluded middle. And the law of contradiction is what logic is, is to weed out contradictions. So the law of identity is part of that. And you can't be um, applying things that aren't what they are. So when we talk about morality, well, we have to define that because people have this unconscious perception of what morality is, and it's mostly based on The subconscious, uh, sorry, the subjective morality that they've been conditioned with, that uh, through the failure of actually teaching objective morality and what it is, and ways that you can actually understand it, like definitively, and through uh, reflecting back with reality through definitions of words, as what I've done in the, the part one on rights, is to really like explain to it and tying it back to things that are in reality such as ourselves as individuals and the self-ownership and everything else derives from there so that's where your rights are and they can't be taken away um like you opened up and asked me about uh, the morality is woven into the fabric of creation and you mentioned again well that's part of it that uh it is part of the the fabric of creation because you exist in creation in nature in existence in reality and those rights ultimately derive from from you being there. Like, you could look at it as um, if there were no humans that existed, would there be individuals with those individual rights who could understand that they have those rights because they have the the consciousness and the the mental or brain capacity or however it works to be able to even conceptualize these things and talk about them and, and be able to define them? Well, it wouldn't be demonstrable but as soon as they would come into existence and have that capacity well they could reflect and understand reflect from their internal reality to the external reality and feedback and see that yes there are these rights because they all derive from my self-ownership because i can't give that away to anybody i can't willfully become a slave because i only i'm the only one that owns me no one can own me and to demonstrate that easily is, well, you're in control of you. Your biological aspect of you is controlled by your, your psychological aspect, the, the self, and that is what controls the biological aspect. So your your first physical property, your the your your body or your life, which is negated by uh, the violation of murder, well, that all derives from your self-ownership, and no one can take that away. And since you can't give it away. You can't um, abdicate your responsibility for your own property, that uh, your own self-ownership. You can't make yourself a slave. No one can actually make you a slave in any way. And all your derivative properties of your um, uh, sexual preference or bodily integrity or standard property or uh, free will choice and uh, all the violations none of that is legitimate, whereas people are, they don't understand these things in the first place, plus they've been conditioned to accept these violations as justified through the delusional, deranged, diseased belief in the legitimacy of authority of having the right to control or rule over others, which is what anarchy is at at, at its root. And it's about not having rulers or masters and hence not having slaves so it's at its fundamental level anarchy uh, as you mentioned last uh, last week with uh, uh, brandon martin there there are no hyphenated i forget the term that was used but you know there, there are no flavors or hyphenated versions because if if any of the, the only meaning that has true importance is the aspect of of uh where it derives from rulers and masters, well, that's of having a master-slave relationship. So it negates that. So that means it negates immorality and these claims of ownerships which are violations of rights. And that's what is what ultimately matters. And then if people want to voluntarily agree to uh, create um, a commune, like an intentional community or something and have uh, more of a they have a shared garden or something, like a community garden. I've taken part in that when I used to live in the city, and you know, you all work together, and then you split it up at the end of the season. If people want to voluntarily do things and try out uh, you know, communal living, and some people want to call that communism, but it's not political communism. It's two separate things as far as I'm concerned. Just like you want to look at uh, political socialism. Well, that has a definition, what most people think of. And then other people will say, well, socialism means this. Well, it will just people in society being social, and then you attach an ism to it, the ism of people living together. Well, that's very different than socialism as a political ideology and all the suffering and pain and the devaluation of individual rights and our natural rights and the law that comes with that collectivist ideology. So that's why definitions are, are really important when we're trying to get people to understand things. And unfortunately, I guess for them, they often are not willing to invest the time because, again, they don't have that that flame, that care for truth burning within them that will drive them to invest the time, and energy, and attention are two spiritual curse currencies. What we pay attention to and spend our time on, um, they're not willing to do it and and have the dedication and the persistence to keep repeating that over and over, daily or weekly or monthly, and just keep applying that persistence and that dedication for that care for truth in order to gain that knowledge. And then when you do that inner alchemy and you change yourself and you're you're more right than you were, you've you've let go of your attachment to your falser self and you've um, you've realized how you can better yourself. And that's part of self-improvement in the alchemical work, being as a phoenix where you burn um, the impurities and then from the ashes you're reborn. You're reborn better than you were before. So it's always about self-improvement to be better than you were before. And that's about recognizing, again, the importance of the negative, the falsity of uh, in you. And then you you sublimate it, you, you purify it, you burn it as a phoenix. You destroy your old self, your falser self, and then you are reborn as a newer version, a better version. You're still the same you, the the, continu- the, the continuity of the you, the I am persists, but it's slightly modified because you've chosen to do that continual self-renewal where you continue to remake yourself into a better version. And that's uh, that's something that's always ongoing once you you recognize uh, this capacity and this ability that we all have, that we're not uh, helpless or that we don't have the capacity to learn on our own. We all can be autodidactic and we can all uh, improve ourselves and and continue to do it where we are at a certain level of being and then we can become something else i have a presentation on that called being and becoming where we are a certain where we are presently in the present moment is our current level of being but we can see potentials through gaining knowledge such as knowledge of truth and morality of better ways to be and when we work towards that goal our journey is to arrive at that goal and then when we reach that destination we become something else different than what we were before because we've done that alchemical process of the phoenix and being reborn from our ashes and remade ourselves better and we can continually apply that because when you arrive at that new destination you can look at it as going up a mountain or you go up and then you look around and you see more than you used to see before so from that position what you couldn't see before well when you arrive there you can see oh well now i'm i'm here and now i can work to some i can work to that next position that i can see ahead and i can Uh, alter my goals to now I've reached this goal and I've accomplished it and I've made myself better and then you can work towards your next goal that you possibly couldn't see before and because you've reached that new level that you can see that okay I'm still uh, personally I'm still supporting this immorality I'm still doing that myself if I'm not supporting it Um, I'll have more of that coming in like different levels of that in my presentation part four or five or something on uh going to be doing one on morality one on uh, the law of freedom and eventually one on the the great work so i have a a few parts and my work cut out for me but um yeah i guess i'll i'll leave it there not sure where else to go yeah dude that was that was
0: great thank you so much uh you you said a lot there um i think that we're we're at the top of that mountain that you were talking about looking out and looking out at the horizon and seeing where to go next and it's like where to go next is really making sure that we amplify this message because that alchemical process that you were describing leaves and leaves us in the shoes of like realizing that we uh have this, we've gained this knowledge. We've gone through this process and who the uh, part of my French, but who the fuck are we to keep it to ourselves? We need to help others. We need to exactly that's the moral obligation of the whole thing is like, that's what, that's what the one of the many parts of the conclusion that you come to is helping others you know and it's not from like a religious standpoint or whatever like it doesn't have to be that um because a lot of the religious institutions are a part of the problem as well but it's more just like a a, a you described your son being very rebellious being very no and then five minutes later okay it's, oh, it's, it's- like five seconds later (laughs) it's this testing of the boundaries right but it's a it's evidence that even from the earliest and i have my son is six my daughter is two so i feel your pain brother and i have got i'm here for you if you need anybody but (laughs) but like but um uh, it's evidence from very that we can see as adults and in the the evidence is there that from a very young age, human beings have a desire to explore, to explore, and to push the boundaries to see what they can and cannot get away with. And this is the beginning of that alchemical process. And what's the system? What the system that is in that is in our opposition? That what they are doing right now is they are kind of hijacking that process realizing the r- realizing the journey of fuf- uh, potential fulfillment and which in which every human being has to go through and that's this thing called life. It's just a journey of fulfilling your p- potential that everyone's born with and they hijack that and they kind of steer your ship. That's why government being mind control, the word government means mind control, you know and it, that's where it all starts is getting ideas in to hijack that process of self-actualization and steering it in a direction that benefits them. Okay. Okay. And you know, this, this process should wind up benefiting everyone. And the only way it can really benefit everyone is if we're allowed to self-actualize and, realize that objective morality exists and that that is the proper way to exist within this realm or whatever you want to call it the world you know to to be a part of what's going on here to not want to initiate harmful action against another living thing and to be quite honest I start with other human beings first. Um, I just want to put that out there. I'm, 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 I'm only me, you know. So take that for take that whichever way you want to out there, folks, or even you, Chris, you know. But uh, what I'm getting at is, is that that is what, what what was one of my points from at the beginning about how we experience physical pain. And that's like the first identify, the, the first identifier as to what harm is, because the rest of it is, um, offshoots of physical pain and more metaphysical things, the, the types of harm, the violations to natural law, uh, you know, like something like deceit and lying. You
1: yeah. Know? Well, that's why I had the, like the four tiers that I categorized. That's why I put everything with the body first was, well, life, murder. And your your sexual association, which is uh, sexual assault, the rape, and then there was the the bodily assault. Those were the the most visceral ones because they they're directly your body, which is the the one that's closest to your your self ownership of you controlling your body. And the other ones are like you said, they're more metaphysical. Yeah, and it's it, and I mean that's that's why
0: we when we're explaining the trivium, you know, the 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 threefold path for people out there if you haven't. If you haven't heard of the Trivium yet, where have you been? Uh, anyways, like...
1: I've done a lot of work on that myself. That was one yeah. of my focuses, yeah. Uh,
0: the, you know, the grammar, logic, and rhetoric, and applying our five senses. You know, we are sen- we are sensory beings, you know. It's not to say that that's where we should be stuck. It's just to say that this is the initial, uh, pro- the, the initial, like, activator to the pro- whole process, if you will. Like where we use our five senses to really gain that identification of what's going on around us, raising our consciousness to a level. But then the ultimate question is, is like, you keep asking, you keep doing like the Socratic method of like the why, the why, the why, why, why. And eventually you just you got to come to the conclusion that like there's, 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 there's spirit here. There's, there's something going on here. Uh, we were, you know, uh, maybe I'm, maybe I don't want to give anyone the idea of like, you know creationism or anything like that but something had to put life here like some some process happened somewhere down the line and i mean it's conscious you know i i'm kind of trailing off here i'm losing my train of thought but i guess what i was trying to get at is that like uh the evidence is there if you if you have the eyes to see You, you the evidence is there uh to to prove our point about morality being you know part of creation itself
1: i guess yeah um like you said the the most basic level is is when uh, the harm is done to us and uh, the physical part and then we gotta use our as i've referred to it before the we have an abstraction engine our consciousness is like an abstraction engine and we can go from those base layers which uh infants get first access through, through the five senses. And then we can build on top of that and see, um, like, uh, Aristotelian, uh, metaphysical, uh, philosophy of, uh, the categories of being, and where you have primary substances and seg- secondary substances. And those are just way models of, of how to make sense of the different things in the world and how they can be categorized differently. But, yeah. Um, you know, from the five senses, and then eventually we can abstract to greater understanding. And one of those is again, as you mentioned, the importance of morality and it's about getting to that, that point. Otherwise, well, how do you know that what you know is right or wrong? If you don't actually have definitions for what is right and what is wrong, then you're just like, you're, you're, you're shooting off the hip or you're playing it by ear and you're just going off of assumptions, um, which may be right, may be wrong, but if you don't have it, um, like if your conscious awareness hasn't been brought into it in order to truly grasp what that word symbol that you're using, what it means and what it reflects in reality or reflects within within ourselves, either as individuals or collectively as humans in our capacities, then do you really know what you're talking about? You know, it's it's a word and it can have different meanings for different people. So even then when we have conversations with others, we can get into semantic misunderstandings where one person uses a word and they mean this, and the other person hears the word and they mean that. And instead of both walking the same road in understanding, well, they're both walking in different roads. And then they argue about things, and they're because they they're both uh, the, they have the presupposition of the same definition of a word, and then they're in, they get into an argument, and then at the end they both re- that one of them might realize it's happened to me like oh we're having a semantic argument because you use this word and I understood it this way. And then when we hash it out more, well, okay, well, we're actually talking about the same thing, but we just use the word differently. And that was our our contention. So there's always this, I always like to come back to the the importance of, of these, the uh, symbol magic of of words and the importance of the the definition. And because the words can have multiple meanings. And especially when you just refer to um, non-word symbol magic, like just symbols themselves that are visual or uh, yeah, mostly visual, then you don't have the specific definition, then that's where you get into multi-layered, multi-tiered meaning of what a symbol can represent based on different contexts. You have colors and shapes. It depends on what you're talking about. Well, red means this in this context is something negative, but in this context, it's something positive. Um, You know, just the red pill versus the blue pill. Well, the blue is the negative one and the red is the positive one. And red, in terms of like External or internal? Well, your internal is your blue, your thoughts and emotions, and the external is your actions. Well, your actions are good. So it all depends on the context of how you're using the color to represent what you're trying to, uh, the meaning you're trying to convey with that symbolism of color itself. Um, So it's uh, very complex. I don't remember exactly what you had stated. Um, Yeah. But I, that's, I guess, where I'll end that part. <laughs> I don't know where we started, but that's where it yeah, ended up. I,
0: I, from time to time, I catch myself just rambling on. I'm like,
1: am I making a coherent point here? And I'm like, uh, maybe. <laughs> I, hope yeah, I, I lose, lose the part. original thread and I'm like, oh, I went over here and I'm like, oh, I don't remember where that one was. This but. is, but this is
0: okay because it, it's just a conversation between two guys. Yeah. This so happens other people get to listen to it. And yeah. It's fine, you know? So, um, so I, I like what you were saying about about red be- and and making the distinction there because that's why it's so important to be able to define terms and to really make it, uh, you know, definitive of like this is what this is what uh, when I say this, this is what I mean like, and. You know, unfortunately, we live in a time where you start doing that with a lot of people these days and they just automatically start to recoil and they feel insulted. Like you're, oh, I'm not, you think I'm not intelligent enough to understand what you're saying. And it's like, that's the
1: problem with, uh, even mentioning anything that's wrong. People view it automatically. Well, it is a judgment, but it's not like I'm saying you're a piece of shit and low life and I should just execute, you No, it's like, if you're wrong, that's the importance of caring about. If you're right or if you're wrong, you have to want to be right, not to just want to be right to, oh, I'm right. Look at me. I'm right. No, it's about right. you want to be right so that you're on the right path. So, and you want to know if you're wrong so that you can get the fuck off of that path. That's, that's the point of, you know, Richard Weatherill does a good job in be right or go wrong. And, uh, right as might, those are good books to read. Um, as so I just wanted to interject that about the importance of wrong. No,
0: i appreciate that that's a very important point you know very very nice ad there Uh, it it is it is the in my experience a a very big problem um because people don't like feeling dumb they don't feel they don't like being told that they're wrong about something people have this 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 weird way of justifying the things that they have done so they can sleep at night or whatever
1: They're too attached to themselves and their behavior, and they don't care more about... It's like, well, here's you, and here's truth and morality. Well, it should be, this is what matters more, and then you readjust yourself to align with this. You're in alignment, and it's always above, but they want to put their mini-me Satanism. That's where the definitions and the subjective morality comes in, where it's, well, it's me, 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 and it's what I want, so then I get to decide. So it's subjective, and truth and morality will... Is it below here oh uh, no maybe it's just not even in the picture and they don't even re- really give a shit you know that's uh, unfortunately for some people that's what it is they they think they do and they oh yeah i care about what's right i try to be a good person but what does that mean what is a good person what is Heck good yeah. how how are you good do you with morality are you moral or well what's right well then if you're saying right is what's moral and good then what is right. And you just get to make it up. Well, that doesn't make any sense. There has to be definitions for how we can determine what is right and what is wrong and not just, just decide and accept whatever someone else decides. And this deluded belief in authority, like uh, alcohol is legal or alcohol is not legal. Oh, alcohol is moral. It's immoral. Oh, cannabis. Oh, well that puts you in jail just for smoking it. Oh, now it's okay. It's just a completely delu- delusional worldview that people accept through their, their ignorance of, uh, of these these important things in life, and they they're stuck in subjective morality, and it's uh, yes yeah. basically taught to them that way. But that, uh, that's just fine to live this way.
0: Yeah, uh, moral relativism is the mud under the tires that keeps the tires spinning. In in, in my in my opinion, <laughs> yeah, we're not
1: going anywhere because we're we're staying stuck there because yeah. of that that mud. Yeah,
0: yeah. And they they like you mentioned the uh, the prohibition of certain things, and it's like. Oh, and oh, a perfect example is they uh, in in the United States uh, this past week, they signed a piece of paper, and just like that, the the, the COVID's over,
1: you know. Oh and yeah, oh, it's just okay. like just like that. Oh, it's the emergency's over. Oh, thanks like, for like, letting me know. Like, governments, I, I you know yeah. I had no ability to direct my behavior, my decisions in my life. I needed you to tell me what I could or could do at what times that I could or couldn't do it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, what made last Wednesday
0: uh, the day that it was over? Why couldn't it have been over Tuesday? What about Monday? Like, why did it have to be over Wednesday? You know, like how, how many, like, it's been over for a long time for a lot of people, but they sign a piece of paper and it's official. Yeah. And it's like, this is, but they, the, this is the way that they keep people nailed and it's in a state of fear and a state of dependency when it has to be put through these processes in order for it to be legitimate when it's like no I was able to decide upon my own free will uh, a couple of years ago that it was over
1: <laughs>
0: you know like I, I didn't need you to tell me it was over it was <laughs> over for me a long time ago compared to some other people that are they didn't want it to be over and the same idea goes for prohibition of alcohol, prohibition of cannabis, this, uh, this scheduling of, of different substances that they, that they do in the United States, at least, and how they kind of enact their, or how they put through their policies on these things. So, the reason why this is so important to really uh, to really get into people's heads is the idea this kind of goes back to us talking about the law of identity and the point that I made about, you know, I, 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 I can identify that Chris is also a human being, even though he looks different than I am, and, and he's his own person, he's still a human being, he has all the same rights as me, he has all the same wrongs as me. I uh, can, uh, I, the same goes for people in South Africa, North Africa, Egypt, you know, you know, which is North Africa. Anyways, the Middle East, all over the world, they're all humans. We don't all look the same, but we're all humans. Therefore we all have equal rights, you know, and therefore we all have equal wrongs. So we can't really, uh, no matter how much you think the majority can, can, can make it so you know, you can't ever have it be legitimate. And it's, and if it's not legitimately right, then it's morally relativist. It's a, it's a moral relativist mindset. And we're going to be really just chewed up and spit out by the, by the, by creation, by God, uh, however you like to refer to it as until we really understand this and put a stop to it. And it doesn't mean put a stop to it in violent means it means raise your consciousness of these things and just say, no, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not accepting this anymore. No, thank you, please. Yeah. It's as simple as that. No, thank
1: you, please. Yeah. We got to get them uh, off their their pedestal of wanting to be God and uh, the belief in authority. And that's how, um, well, I had thought of two, two main points from what you just said was that, you know, how people fall in line with it. And uh, what you just ended with, you know, we just got to say no, because people, especially the past three years, you know, it was all about, well, why did it end? Like you said, uh, this week and not a day before and a day before. Well, people are kept in line through that belief in authority and through what the government um, provides or what people think they provide safety and security because they put them in fear. It's because of the, they put people in fear. So people crave the security and safety from the government. And uh, they're the ones who are instituting and instantiating and inculcating the fear and the consciousness of, of the masses through either their spokespeople themselves of whoever works in government, uh, a politician, um, or their media prostitutes or the any other organizations, which all go along with the, the same plan to establish uh, greater control over the masses, and eventually, the the end game that we can see as a full spectrum dominance of just complete control of everything, and uh, that they need that fear in order to get that dependence. As you were mentioning before, that people, it's about removing our own ability to do things and being dependent on that centralized authority that we think we can't live without. So the psychopath has given us their mindset, the psychopathic mindset, or the predator mindset. And we live in a a system of predation, a predatory system. And we keep perpetuating it, because that's the current condition that we were born into. And you get conditioned by that condition of society. And then you act out that programming, that conditioning that you got conditioned by. And that programming just ensures that it perpetuates more of that condition that you were conditioned by, So the condition keeps continuing, and then if they bring in more conditioning, more mind control and brainwashing to get you further to devolve into a falser self, to accept more falsity as opposed to moral truth, and to accept more false things, that makes you a falser self, and that makes you um, help to degrade the collective experience that we have of, are we going towards more freedom, more true freedom? are we going towards more enslavement and that's obviously correlates with morality and more more moral behavior or less moral behavior in the aggregate through the law of freedom but um i forgot where i was going with that but uh, i'll just stop it there again that's okay uh, i have a question for you um why
0: do you do this why like why do you continue to do this i mean i know you were talking about you know uh watching certain documentaries and feeling it being messed up. And I, I know you heard Mark Passio and, and then started probably around the time where he was really laying into people saying, we need more people to start speaking up. So of course you're motivated to, to,
1: to do that. But, but like, why you, why, like, why? Because I can, because anybody can, because I have an, an, a good analytical mind. I have, I'm very logical. Um, so I have the the capacity, like the work I've done is to bring in my logic and to like explain things in, in more detail. And that's what a lot of people uh, have appreciated in the feedback I've gotten. Uh, it's like, um, like go to Pasio, like everyone go listen to all the podcasts from the first and go up to the end. And my work is based off of that. As I mentioned in part two, I just mentioned as a, as a tangent, uh, as a tangent that like my work is is based off of that. He's the inspiration for a lot of my work. Like I watch or I listen to information, then I get I make other connections and I bring to the table more stuff and I explain it in a different way than he does or with more detail from other stuff I, I can see um, reflected back in reality. Um, one example was I watched uh, uh, the Streetwise spirituality in I think it was the end of 2013 or 2014. I think it was 2014, and that one inspired me to do the presentation on natural law boundary conditions. So there I created infographics and, and stuff, and then that led me to the Philosopher's Stone after that one is the one I did. It was uh, it, all these connections were, were growing, and it was all fresh, and you know, I was in my early 30s. I started in 2014, just to answer that. Um, so, you know, Pasio, as you said, do something, do something. That's the greatest donation you can give them is to get involved. Um, so that's why I told him at one point, I was like, I had made my site and I've gotten some content on and I just wrote him. I was like, okay, Mark here, I'm, I'm just writing you not to, you know, I wasn't telling him, oh, good job, Mark. Yeah, I love your work. Okay. And then I do nothing. I was just telling him, okay, here I started, uh, thanks to your kick in the ass, I kicked myself in the ass and to motivate me because we need harsh words sometimes to, to get the motivation. And I appreciate his attitude in in that respect, Um, oftentimes. And I, as vitriolic as it is at times, well, people need to feel bad. They need to feel guilty that they're not doing anything. And I'll I'll be getting into explaining that uh, well in, in uh, the great work part that I'm going to do, I guess it'll be one of the last parts that I do, but if, if you actually want, if you care about being free yourself and you say you love yourself and you say you love your children, well, do you want to let them continue to be slaves? Do you want to continue to be a slave? Well, if the answer is no, well, do you actually care to do something about it? Well, it's either yes or no. And if it's no, well, then you don't actually have um, a significant amount of self-love. Maybe you have some amount of self-love, but it's not really uh, uh, an appropriate amount because you're still accepting that you're going to be a slave. And certainly, if you have children, well, then you can look at guilt-tripping you that way, well, are you going to just accept that they're going to grow up as slaves? Because if you don't understand that, well, then, okay, well, here, here's going to, you're going to understand that you're a slave because I can explain it to you. And that's what my, my, the purpose of what I'm doing is to explain morality to greater extents and detail um, through rights and then slavery and then true freedom and then law of freedom and then morality and then natural law. That's the the order I'm progressing in. Um, And then eventually with the great work that You know, you got to understand these things. And if you don't understand that you're a slave, well, you better. And then if you do understand, well, what are you going to do about it? Do you want to just keep being a slave? Or do you want to actually try to create and generate and manifest in the external world things that are actually going to help um, alleviate that condition and bring down the level of slavery and conversely bring up the level of freedom so that we don't have more of our freedoms denied and revoked and stomped on because in order to combat the, the great numbers that already exist in forms of, uh, of government, well, we need numbers to combat that. So we all need to get on the same page, the, the same moral page of understanding our natural rights and natural law and being at a position where we are um, going to educate other people. And then when we have the numbers, then we can just, by our actions alone, say no at such a grand scale that. Their delusions of trying to be gods, where they can create laws that they don't have a right and don't exist, and are violations of our actual natural rights and and natural law. Well, that they won't have the the powers of their numbers and their their violence of their their weaponry, and we will outnumber them, and they will think of it as in in terms of their minimi satanism of self preservation. Well, oh well. Uh, their numbers are too big now. So I better not do what the previous generation did of police or military and just obey, be an order follower that just obeys the orders of of our masters who just give us little more privileges and uh, let us do things that they don't let the the lower slaves do. We're just higher slaves we're the house slaves with a little bit more privileges. Um, Well, we can't do things like that at this point because they just outnumber us. So then, at that point, their own self-preservation, selfishness will inhibit their uh, egregious um, or their, their own sublimation of their will for the will of their masters, their, their gods that they take upon as their own will and act out the will of their masters. They'll, they'll be like, oh, well, I, I, I actually I won't do that because I realize that I'm just going to be exterminated if I even try. And then it just goes away. But you know, apart from getting to that level, which all revolutions have failed to do, because it wasn't done through moral education. You know, America is the last bastion of freedom. And that's the only thing keeping, mm-hmm. keeping things from degenerating even quicker. Um, you know, that's the, the only place where uh, a hot, uh, hot revolution or hot action, as you mentioned, as, uh, as Brandon talked about last week, the hot action could, could work to, to like reset things at a lower level of enslavement, higher level of freedom. But you're not actually getting, you're just, uh, it's like a stopgap, just of, uh, you could say it's half-assed, but it's it's like, it's still doing something good, but you're not actually solving the problem from the root, which is in consciousness, in terms of understanding objective morality. So you're just going to, if you're not going to engage in the moral education then, or before, and you're just expecting the revolution to do the work, well, it's not going to do the work because the work hasn't even been done. You're just combating... Uh, physical violence with a self-defense, and you're not ensuring that you have the the numbers of the majority of the, the quantity of people required in order to keep that condition in in the moral level, because you're, the people aren't even at that uh, level internally in their internal reality, inside their, their consciousness, so they can't even reflect that internal state out into the co-created reality where we are creating that condition of reality in numbers together. So that's why it always has to come back to our internal state and the work in ourselves and the internal, uh, the, the alchemy on ourselves. And then we can do that great work to take what we've taken in and the knowledge we've gained, uh, the awareness, the comprehension, and help other people engage in that process of inner work of alchemy themselves. And as that multiplies and multiplies, you know, even if you only have people doing the inner work. Well, that would reflect in their own behavior, base, just at a base moral level, to not do um, harms themselves. So, the the seven real thefts, the seven real sins, to not do that themselves. But also, another level is to not support other people doing it, which is where a government comes in, or if there's a monarchy or whatever, lesser or greater level of feudalism or serfdom that we we end up having as a as a condition that we live in. It's uh, trying to to get rid of that as we do each of us does our own individual alchemy that can can get reduced by not doing it ourselves or not supporting others that do it but the the level that more people need to get to is the the, the real hard work as Pasio has stated many times and that's the great work of Yeah. okay you can change yourself but the, even harder is trying to influence people to change themselves you can't do it for them but you can influence them as a as a magician, a white wizard as opposed to a sorcerer just doing it for your own gain or well, you're trying to help them change themselves in alignment with morality so that we can all be on that same page so that we can all co-create the the same world that we want to create as opposed to having it created uh, for us by the the engineers, the the technocrats, the the technicians who want to control everything and decide for us what we are or aren't allowed to do, and it's all going to be regimented and controlled by every unit of, of energy that we can produce, and everything's going to be allocated perfectly in this delusional attempt to create order, which will never create order because it's all done through through control and violations of our rights, violations of our will. So it's just this mass delusion that these the technocrats, the engineers of, of society have, social engineering, is just a, a flawed premise to begin with, and they're they're just they're insane, is what it comes down to, that they think they can they can manage people's lives better than than the people can manage their own lives themselves if we're all on the same page of of morality. Sure, now it's it's chaos and it's the chaos is amplified because they want us to be ignorant and they want us to be moral subjectivists and they want us to be mini me satanists well the chaos
0: uh, the, the chaos is is perpetuated because they just won't get out of the way
1: yeah they they exactly they they engineer it too to make us more chaotic and keep us confused and yeah if they just got out of the way we'd be more inclined to learn it on our own and like you mentioned about children and that discovery process of learning by making mistakes and learning from your mistakes, that's an important part. And they they get in the way of that by be being the daddy, mommy, nanny state and deciding, well, you're not allowed to do this and you're allowed to do this. And, well, you have to ask me for permission um, rather than letting us learn through the consequences and um, choosing the right path. Because if we apply consequences in other people's uh, lives, then they have a right to... Um, get redress, rectification, to restitution in order to that that negative debt that you created. will, there's something that you stole by creating that violation. even if it's not intentional, we can the intention or not, that's a different aspect that you can get into in terms of, well, the the, the, the severity of the violation. did you intend to do it or did, was it a mistake so mistakes happen? But there's still a negative that happened to someone else. And there's, there's a debt that was created. So that's a, another complexity that I haven't really ironed out myself. I haven't gotten into that uh, level of detail for it, but it's just, just something that I'm mentioning and the, the nuances of of how we interact with others and the importance of, of learning, again, about the negative, the negative things that we can do to others, the initiations of harm and doing our best to not do that because then in their rights, they have a right to redress and and collect a debt that is owed to them.
0: What I meant by what I when I interjected is is, and I'm not saying this like you misunderstood. it I'm just saying that like that that is how they stay in in the power that that they they have is yeah. by creating the chaos, and in turn, the chaos that they have created creates in itself the dependency problems and the people and then that turns around into just a a self-perpetuating cycle of yep. of order out of chaos order I have, for, that's uh, one of my yeah.
1: infographics in the next presentation on true freedom i have i have a circle and it's like they inject chaos and say that uh, you know it's a problem reaction solution people beg for sure protection and oh fix it government fix it or ngo or whatever organization someone else fix it but not me i'm not going to fix it oh i'm not going to get involved as someone else fix the problem but they created the problem and then they yeah. come up with the solution oh it's going to be more security and order oh we're going to create order with our control and then it just creates more chaos and then they just keep interjecting in that bubble and it just keeps spiraling out of control and yeah well right we have the what we have the,
0: now. the 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 world the uh, us within creation uh, exercising our free will whether or not we all catch up to uh, to the the moral fiber the moral aspect of all of it uh, in time however it all pans out it will it, it will organize itself on its own this is the nature of the universe itself you see and we're within that And the reason being like the reason why there's so much chaos out of the the reason why the outcome is chaos is because this control structure is trying to kind of again, I mean, for lack of better terms, they're trying to hijack free will and free will comes from creation itself it comes from the universe itself it's a force beyond beyond anyone's control and when people who consider themselves to be in charge these people are masters of psychology they are masters of of natu- they know natural law they know how all of this works out they they know they know they're trying to but what they're trying to do is harness a power that we're not meant to harness, uh, other than within ourself, you're not you you're not meant to be able to control. To, okay. You're not meant to be able to control another's free will. It's just not how it's it's just not how it's set up. And the second you get one small group trying to do that kind of control to a huge group, all hell breaks loose it's just how it's going to happen it's how it's going to be for the rest of eternity for the rest of time until the control structure is just subtracted from the equation and just let the universe let the chips fall where they may let the universe do, do what it does best and self assemble and if we make it as a species we make it as a species great we must have did something right in time but if we don't hey I don't know, we didn't, we didn't work out. We didn't work out. So, you know, spirit will go on, you know, the, the will of the universe will go on. And I don't know. I, uh,
1: yeah, that's yeah. why I say, uh, oftentimes to my partner and like, um, you know, unfortunately things just need to get worse. There needs to be more chaos. There needs to be more suffering. There needs to be more negative because apparently people haven't learned they're not learning the lesson. So there's the, I don't know which way it appears on camera there, but the right hand of God and the left hand of God, or well, the left-hand path and the right-hand path. One is with uh, alignment with morality uh, and truth, and the other one is in defiance of it. So when you take the, the path of alignment, well, you're going to get order. When you pick the, the take the path of misalignment, disharmony, disequilibrium, uh, incongruence, uh, contradiction to moral truth, well, you're going to get that path of of suffering, of the negative, of consequences and chaos that's going to emerge. And you know, unfortunately, even with the past three years, some people, it's it's still not bad enough. They still have their little, little relative level of comfort and their little bubble of reality that they perceive is, is comfortable enough. Well, it's not uncomfortable enough. They, the, it's still not enough suffering and pain to get them out of the the false reality, the illusion that's been constructed around them through the false narrative and the stories of all the people who sell them imagery and the word symbol magic to convince them that reality is a, a certain way, that uh, this is the good way, this is the right way, oh, you need government, oh, you need these people to tell you what to do. It needs to be this way. And they just keep believing the, the fear that's sold to them in order to justify the dependence on, on that uh, authority that they think is going to help them. Or either protecting them or saving them or provide them with uh with beneficial things they're there to just enslave you but people think it's the opposite that they're there to help them so they're always thinking that they're there to help them but they're not there to help them they're there for their their own gains and it's just this big con game of convincing people yeah yeah well this is the democracy right you're the majority well we only have our power through your consent and you are the people it's We, the people who have the power, there's all these people who believe in the delusion of of democracy and that, oh, well, it's us who have the power. We vote them into power. And if they don't do what we want, well, we vote in the next guy. Yeah, but you're just going around in circles, just voting for one guy to the next. And you're not actually getting anywhere because it's just a game being played against you. Well, this guy's going to promise you this. And then this guy's going to promise you that. And then he does a bad thing. And then, oh, I'm going to switch to the other side. And then, oh, he does. And it's the same game being played because none of them are actually based in objective morality. And none of them are even caring about objective morality they're not even if they if, if anyone actually did maybe they'd actually give a proper definition and say like hey this is what I'm about and this is what you need to learn in here but even even that they'd be going from within the system to try to change the system and the system is inherently corrupt and inherently immoral so it would be a failure it would just be again like a revolution of just decreasing the level of immorality taking the pressure off and then that helps to put people back to sleep because then when it's a, it's a point I mentioned in the, the slavery one and I'll be talking a bit more. There's like, here's your current condition. This is what your normalization bias is and everything's fine. And then you have, oh, well, here's a little immorality that came up and people are like, well, what's that sticking out? I got to chop it off. And that's the thing they focus on is, is the next level of incremental, gradual um, immorality of enslavement, upping up uh, a notch in severity or quantity. And that's what they focus on. Then when they get that win, and it disappears and they're back at where they were before the, the normal hmm. I'm Like, Oh, I won. Okay. Everything's back to normal. I don't have anything else to do, but they don't realize that, well, this is your level of enslavement and you have all this work to do. And you're just focusing on, you know, that one little blip that came up and you're, you're attacking this. And as long as it goes back to here, here was the new normal in COVID and people just want it to go back to the way it was. Yeah. But there's, there's all this other shit that you're, you're not even aware of. And you know, that's, that's, Uh, that's the work we got to do is like you're enslaved you're enslaved you don't see it but all this is all slavery yeah they upped upped the slavery level up a bit to make you aware and that contrast of of what you perceived as reality and then it bumped up that contrast that was sticking out well that brought you out of your normalcy bias in, in a sense where you got to see something that you didn't want to be there but now it's there and then you're attacking that but you're still not seeing the other occulted aspects of the the persistent enslavement that's that's going on around you. Yeah. And that's why I said, like, the suffering's got to get worse because some people still, they're still not getting it. They're still too controlled. And it's, like, got to really affect them personally because that's what happened in the past three years. When it really affected people personally, themselves, then they got a bit out of their mini-me Satanism, and they got a little bit out of it, and they started to care more about what was going on, really the things they couldn't see before. And it's mostly because... Well, that that chaos that jumped up and unfortunately we're going to need more. And if if it doesn't work out, then, yeah, maybe we're going to wipe ourselves out or something else is going to happen. And, you know, that's that's the that's the chaos hand, the left hand path of chaos that we're currently choosing in the aggregate through our willful ignorance, which is why. Ignorance is evil as a as a, a truthism. Ignorance is evil because it's ignorance of the objective difference between what is morally right and morally wrong. And when you don't know that, well, then you're walking on the checkerboard floor and you don't know if you're walking on on the white squares, which is alignment with morality, or on the black squares, which is um, disequilibrium and disharmony with morality. So you're just creating half and half-assed in your, your co-creative process, in how you live your life and, and the way of life that we lead. So we're, we're just, okay, some things are moral, some things are immoral, but people don't actually know the difference. So it's just... Uh, big mess and that's why the importance of of knowing the objective difference you can choose well i'm only going to step on the white squares and like the first degree tracing board i'm going to get to that ladder and then i'm going to climb that ladder and get to the uh get to a more self-actualized um uh, version of myself with that generative principle of care by caring about moral truth and then as more of us get that onto that that process well then the reality will change in better ways properly through that moral education on that foundation, which is what ma'at is in, in ancient Egypt. Uh, the principle of, uh, that it was the concept of, of uh, in one of the creation myths, it was um, ma'at was like, a, like a, a plinth. That's one of the symbols there. It's a plinth, you know, at the, the Corinthian pillars, there's like a plinth sometimes, or one of the pillars. Um, you can, you put things on it and that's like your foundation. Well, that's what ma'at was. There's like the foundation and then the earth, I think it was in the the, the one for Ptah, the God Ptah, the, the Creator God, because uh, they have a bunch of different ones. There's like Ptah in some regions and then there's like ray. So they have like a bunch of different like competing like uh, uh, projections of of the the ways they attempt to reflect what's in reality or reflect what's in themselves, uh, externalize it, project it, anthropomorphize it as God. So they had different versions. but I think it was in the Ptah one where ma'at, anyways, I could be mistaken of which one it was, but ma'at was the foundation. And, and he, he needed something in the void of the darkness, the abyss of nothingness. Uh, he needed something to create the world onto. So ma'at was the foundation to, to put the world, to create the world on. So ma'at came first before the world. And ma'at is, is uh, the representation of um, morality, of reality, of truth, of righteousness, of justice, of order. And that's what has to be our foundation in our lives for us to use as our launch pad for when we're going to create in certain directions in life. We're always standing on um, morality, truth as our foundation in order to direct our actions. And the other ways you could look at it as well. You have to be under the authority of Morality, maat, natural law—however you want to describe it—that has. We have to be under it in our authority. We have authority over ourselves and over no others. And what's above us is, is the natural authority, uh, reality, existence, truth, nature, maat, morality, and we're under that. And the the, the corollary symbolism is well—that's what we got to have on under our feet in order for us to to walk on and stay on that path and and launch ourselves forward when we envision things in the future that we want to do and then act them out through our choices and our decisions, we always got to base it on that foundation of, of ma'at, of morality. And when, when, when enough of us get on that page and we're all on that same foundation for, for co-creating our world, then we're going to get the world that we say we want, but that thing that we say we want, that most people say they want, goodness and, and uh, harmony, social living and social harmony with others, well, it doesn't just happen by itself, and that's what people want. Oh, yeah, well, if, if freedom comes by by accident, sure, I'll take it, but me help to create that world of true freedom? Oh, that's too much work. I don't want to get involved in that. Um, I don't care enough about that. Well, if it's freedom, that's just going to true freedom, that's just going to happen, well, then, yeah, I'll accept that. But are you willing to do the requirements, fulfill the requirements to actually make that a reality? And for most people, it's no, because it takes a lot of work. Work on yourself. And then afterwards, doing the what's termed as the great work, which is influencing others to change. And that's the only way you're going to get other consciousness to be on the same moral level is by getting them to understand the same thing. And that it takes a lot, a lot, a lot of work. And you do have to sacrifice, as Pasio has mentioned many times, that you have to sacrifice a lot of things in your personal life. And I did it for for one part that's why i put out a lot of content in the first three years in 2014 15 and 16 those were my like major big years because i was alone i wasn't working i'd saved up a little bit money and i was living like like poorly or whatever but i was so focused on like caring for truth and doing the work and then eventually like i decided okay well (laughs) <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die if I don't do work or whatever. So right, go try to ridiculous. build a career and I built a family and now I'm back to, it. I got like, I got the, like the basis of the things I want to continue. My hope is like my, my, my son to be is I'm going to have a second son in July and maybe I'll have like a one on two chance of one of them continuing the great work. I have more of a chance of getting them to do the great work than like maybe trying to get some random person to do it. So I view it as a, a multi-generational effort of yes. trying to get um, this, this foundation of morality established in society and as many people as possible. And, and this great work is such a daunting task for so many that if you can get children to understand the importance of truth at such a young age and then carry it out through their lives, then maybe you have a, a greater chance at succeeding in turning them into um, a voice of truth to combat the voice of falsity out there and eventually having more people putting out the voice, creating content, explaining things, getting more people to understand. So for me it's like a, a multi-generational great yeah. work endeavor that I'm I'm getting into.
0: Yeah, because the 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 goal is to um not have anyone else to wake up, but to have everybody else just have never have been asleep you know, like that,
1: that's, yeah, that would be good if we, (laughs) I don't see it in my lifetime, but yeah, miracles can happen. eh?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, that's why it is important to have moral education at a young age. I just had a discussion with my son today about property rights. He's six, you know, he, like I have, I have Uh, i I'm a, I'm a star Wars fan, so I'll, I'll share. I, I built, I, I built a, X-wing? Luke Skywalker's X-wing and, and everything a while
1: back, and I, I don't it see here. the detail. Is that a Lego or is that like a model? Oh shit! I don't. It's a Lego. Okay, cool. Legos are good. I'm, I was a big fan of Legos in, in my youth, and I, I bought a, like a bunch from like uh, Salvation Army yeah. for my son. But he's a bit too young. He like loses things. So I'm like, okay, we're gonna put them away for now, and I'll bring them out another time, and we'll, we'll yeah. play with them. Yeah, my, my, my little son. He he took
0: this today and uh crash and crashed it and he knew beforehand he felt really bad about it (laughs) and uh we had to talk about about well you know it might seem silly but this this thing is is my property and and you didn't have permission to touch it and my body just like your body my body you know uh your body is your property if if someone comes up to you and starts touching your body you say no do they are they supposed to stop? Do they get do they need permission to touch your property? And he's like, he's understanding. He's like, yeah. I go, well, I mean, I know it's but this is how and I go, this is how property rights work, bud. You know, you need permission, you need consent. You need to have voluntary consensual relationships with people. I mean, I'm 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 using different words, but you know, I six, know what you mean, yeah. You know, so it's just like this is you know, it's one thing to do a podcast or to do, you know, uh, presentations, which are phenomenal. I don't want to discourage anybody from doing it, um, but it's a completely different thing to actually like be forced into uh, and by your own by your own means forced. You know, because that's what being a father is. You know, I mean, you you you. You see assume this, the responsibility yeah, yeah. you assume exactly you assume the responsibility because you know it's the right thing to do and that's a that is a, a healthy form of force where you see like that it's the right thing to do you know and it's like it's a power it's a powerful thing like pushing you along that's what I mean by force not like somebody just like stuffing you into a box or something like that kind of force that's not what I mean I mean it's it's like a wind in your sails type of force and that's like the that's that's some real heavy duty great work you know of of bringing being a participant in the creation of life and a new generation of these things called human beings like that is a serious responsibility and knowing what we know It's not even, it doesn't make it easier. (laughs) And and like, that. but that's like, that is where some of the great, like that is where some of the most immense amount of responsibility in terms of like moral education and taking care of the species is if you're going to be starting to create more of these creatures called humans, you know, and like if you're participating in that action, you like, you better, better have your shit together. Not enough people respect that there's not enough actual adults having children there's too many babies having babies and uh, like that's a big problem but i'm okay i'm I'm here to help people learn you know but i mean it's 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 uh i'm looking at the lego right now i'm just like uh oh, he smashed that thing good and and I, and he was so worried about me being mad at him and i said i'm not mad i said i'm i'm happy that you did it because it gave us an opportunity to have teaching this, opportunity it, you know it, it, it's now we get to have this talk we get to talk about about hey that's my thing you know and it's like it's 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 a way for the uh, for there to be some sort of relation between concepts and something that, you know, you, he he knew he wasn't supposed to do it. He did it anyways. And he's like, oh, I did the wrong thing. And it's like, yeah, he did, but it's okay. It's just, it's a Lego.
1: But this Yeah, is and a- it's a good thing that it is a Lego. As long as you find all the pieces, you can just build it back up. <laughs> it wasn't like a model that you made that like, <sighs> it shatters. And then you're like, oh no, now it's really broken.
0: Yeah, I mean, but like, it's, um, the point being is like, you described your situation back in the teens You know, and it didn't sound to me and I from hearing the words that you said, it sounded like you were leaving your own personal health by the wayside, your own personal. And this is where, like, you do have to have a little bit of uh, it's it's called self-respect and where you have to, like, take care of yourself, but not not but not solely take care of yourself. You you do it for the betterment of everyone else around you. And like that's that's primarily where the great work takes place is like in the physical realm and like then you gain knowledge and you understand things and then you can you know come into like a digital space and start making presentations and podcasts and stuff like that but if you're not taking care of yourself in the real world you're not really doing anything of any substance not really doing anything of any of any good you're not helping anything you're just talking shit on the internet and bitching about things on the internet you know you actually have to do stuff like you actually have to do things you know you have to help people around you not just you know i mean how many people do we reach with our content it's great i wouldn't i wouldn't discourage anybody from listening to chris's work and i i really love seeing the people that that listen to mine but the real shit takes place and, and you know and like the people that i can influence you know especially being a father i i just i don't know i i'm happy i've uh, dude, like, I, I relate with you, because like I, I look back a few years of like my my son being three. <laughs> and that story you told about, it, I'm just still chuckling about that. But it's 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 awesome. It's
1: one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah, you get to see the the development of a of a human, of yeah. like what all all humans likely you go like, through. You know, you, you see that that high, progression.
0: Yeah. And you look down at that little, the little guy, and you're like, "I did that." <laughs>
1: and it's like, for or me- or you could have been worse. <laughs> like, I could have been worse than that. You don't, you don't remember, yeah. but uh- yeah,
0: I mean, for me personally, that's when when my son was born, and I, I saw my wife give birth to my son. That was the moment where I saw a human being, a little miniature human being, come out of the body of another human being. And I was like, Oh my God, miracles are miracles can happen. Like creation is, is real. Like God is real. Like these things are like, it's, it's like, I, whoa. And I was like ecstatic for the future for like the first time in my, in my life in a very, very long time. And I was happy about taking on the responsibility. Because it gave me, it it gave, it it gave me like a second wind at life. And that was when I really started, you know, really reflecting and trying to do better. And it's like, this is the reason why it's so important to think of the future and not to think of yourself and to be so selfish. The satanic mindset that I was in previous to 2016. That many other people are in even to this day. See, it's not just about us. Sure, we're existing right now in this moment. And we existed in all the moments before. But there's also this little thing called the future that I like to refer to. And there's, we're going to exist then, hopefully. And at least, you know, I exist now. I'm going to exist tomorrow. What do I? What am I doing now? Present moment awareness. What am I doing now that's going to affect the future? This is a big part of morality where you understand cause and effect and you have a little bit of foresight and you apply that and you go, Hey, these actions, they could cause harm. Do I really want to take these actions? Uh, you know, and, and, you know, and if, and if I do cause harm, am I prepared to take on that karmic debt? Am I prepared to deal with the consequences of my actions? these are conversations you should have with yourself and to, to really like reflect upon your own bullshit and to realize that like you know just your existence in this plane alone you have an inescapable responsibility to to self audit and to monitor your own actions to use your free will wisely because whether you like it or not your actions are going to affect other people who exist here too and you don't have the right to do harm. You don't have the right to go out and willfully do violations upon other people. You just don't, you never will. You never have. Doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And um, this is in my opinion, one of the, one of the leading causes to pain and the suffering that goes on every day everywhere you look people's unwilling they're not willing to consider the future they only care about today and with that i i I don't know i guess my rant is over
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the that's the i guess the negative side of uh you know that it's important to have present moment awareness like you have to be aware of where you are the, the conditions you're in you know, the circumstances and and you have to be present you can't just be obsessing over the past or worried about the future but as i've i've also put this was an important part in uh, some of my, my last work in like uh, 2016 or 2015 was um the importance of the future because that's that's where our vision is is we're we're looking towards what we're going to do next, where we're, when we're walking somewhere, we're going on a journey. Well, it's all about that destination of what we're trying to create. And that's all about future. It's something that isn't here right now. Otherwise it would already be here and we wouldn't be trying to create it because it would already be here. It's not a destination we're going to if we're already there. And we have to always be mindful of the future and we have to apply our moral knowledge towards our actions we take in the future and we reflect on our actions in the past and try to learn from our mistakes and look at our behavior and see, well, how did, oh, did this align or not align with objective morality? And we can learn how to change the direction and the path we walk going forward to actually walk in the, the path and the way of righteousness, of, of morality, and uh, to actually create the world we, we want to create by being the example ourselves. And um, you mentioned like, uh, it's not just about doing the great work that is probably like the most important in terms of freedom for all for true freedom. But you can also do things in in your own life to make you less dependent on uh, the demonic horde of the belief in authority and the impositions they impose. And like, that's why I have, uh, I don't have much land. It's like 1.6 acres. In a small town, but I have like I bought like uh, 14 fruit trees last year and planted them, and I like did a lot of work, and so I spent uh, spent a lot of time outside uh, last year, and uh, you know this year I'll still be doing a garden we started up, did planted a bunch of stuff last year to see what it would work, but the soil isn't like super great, so anyways, got to put in money and do stuff, and you know there's part of your own personal freedom, You're my freedom, it um, doesn't mean it has to be oppositional or contrary to the goal of, of, uh, of freedom for all, of true freedom. Um, but, you know, you can still work on things in, in your personal life to try to bring more independence and less dependence on uh, the, quote, system and being uh, caught in the system and being completely dependent on it. Um, so you can do things that are related to your personal freedom, But as long as it's not to the expense of like completely disregarding uh, a goal of creating true freedom for all, because then if you're just focusing on yourself, then you're still stuck in your little mini me Satanism. Even if you're if you're aware of things and you understand a lot of this stuff, if you're still only about your personal life and like, say, uh, running away and trying to make yourself completely self-sufficient, you survive the the armageddon and everything whatever is coming and all the other shit with the wef and whatever is going to happen um you know you can try to put some of your time on that like um pasio's mentioned it too put your eggs not in all one basket though you gotta try to fight and put your your time your energy um and your attention and your dedication and your persistence to try to actually create that freedom for all not just freedoms, as I'll be talking about in my next presentation. We have freedoms. Right now we have freedoms, but we don't have freedom. We don't have true freedom. We have various freedoms that the government allows us to have because they treat them as privileges that they can take away and violate at whatever their godly will determines that they want to violate them at, as the past three years have been a nice example to remind people. But we we need to help if if we're ever going to not be enslaved we have to understand that we are enslaved but we also have to work towards that goal of getting other people to understand so that they can care to not want to be enslaved and that's what the great work is so that's that's the part that makes you more of a good person because you're trying to look beyond just yourself your little bubble of reality your bubble of comfort your your family the people you're close to and look at it on in, in our cases is, is a planetary scale of everyone together and and even if before the planetary scale you have your your town or whatever your, your state or your country and then the planet and it's all like levels of of, of greater encompassing of more people but you know the, the internet that's why it's important to put on the internet because you could talk to your family and they could they, they could not care but if you put your energy, an effort into explaining things and putting them out for anyone who wants to reach them, then you're putting your time and attention into actually being able to potentially wake up more people and make more people aware as of, as opposed to just focusing on people in your personal life that you know, around you say in your town or whatever, and you're going to be spending so much time and energy trying to wake up few people directly. And it probably not, won't even amount to much versus you could put it online, And you could still give them the link and say, here's some information you can learn from, but anyone on the whole planet can find your information and they can learn from it and they can benefit from it and they can thank you for it and it can change their life. And that's the magic of, of the word symbols that we use and other symbolism to convey meaning that we're not even in contact with people and we can affect their lives in such profound ways. People who've done this, uh, I don't know if you've received thanks. I've received a few thanks from people who've told me that the, my work has helped them a lot. Um, Passio has received a lot. The more popular you are, obviously, you're going to reach more people and, and get more people who are going to be affected and be thankful for the work you've put out. And then them, in turn, can carry that gratitude forward, pay it forward, and do the same type of work. And, and then they can touch, uh, reach people in, in different ways than, than a previous message was delivered. And then it, and it just compounds and compounds and compounds. And as more people do this, the more chance we have of actually creating the, the goal of reaching that goal and creating the world that we say we want, which is of true freedom of, of ending the enslavement that we have.
0: Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I want to encourage anyone that understands this information. Uh, I want to encourage not anyone. I want to encourage everyone who understands this information to start making a podcast, start writing a blog, get a, get a website. That's why I, I, I try my best to pay it forward and, and get people aware of, of, of Mark's course because it truly is. It, it is a very well-done course, and it can really help people gain the confidence that they need if they don't think that they can do it to get their butts in gear to get out there and do it and to, and to put the information that they've that they've you know the knowledge that they've gained gained into the digital space because this this is this is how information is exchanged and, and this is this is the modern day uh, you know way of, of of exchanging information to the greatest amount of people possible you know however uh, i mean there does there, there does come a point where you have to really do some self-reflection and understand and whether or not you're at a point in your life where you should be doing it in the digital space. You know, like you can't all I'm all I'm gonna say is that recently I've I have run in I've had run-ins with people recently who seem to think that the only thing that mattered was making content. That's not correct, and these people thought that they were doing the great work. They were also incorrect. And that you, you 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 see what I'm what I'm getting at, Chris, is like this is a this that's that that's a little bit of an ego trip problem. And you know, I'm not getting likes. I'm not get. It's like who cares?
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just but put it out there
0: if, if you have the knowledge. And... Yeah, I've I've received emails, people thanking me and oh my god does my heart just swell with just like oh i i reached somebody
1: yeah it feels good like you you helped someone actually like improve themselves and better their lives it's wow like wow you know
0: and and it's like it's like if if it's
1: only the one person then Then it's that one person that even that one is one person and that's that's an amazing thing that, that anyone can, can do. Even if it's just one, it's, it's amazing to even be able to do that for one person just by you speaking or trying to get that understanding out there and and it helps one person. That's, that's amazing in itself.
0: Yeah. And, and you know what, that, that I, I might've only reached one person, but maybe that one person's the person who knows how to reach a million people, you know? And, and it's like, awesome. I don't need the credit. I'm not looking for it, but I know with myself. I know within myself that <clears throat> that I helped somebody. You know, because that's what that's what I needed, and and it came to me when I needed it. My buddy Sean, he didn't give up on me. Sean McCann. Yep. He didn't. He didn't give up on me. I've known him for 20 years.
1: Wow. That's and a, uh, a long time.
0: Yeah, and he didn't give up on me and he kept he kept going hey man look at this hey man check this out hey man look at this and i thought oh i'm busy i'm doing whatever and i was just like really angry really depressed all these really just terrible emotions all at once and he was there for me and he was like hey check this out and i did and uh yeah i, I mean it 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 changed my life absolutely oh, did yeah.
1: you get that that um that inner, uh, awakening of like care for truth that gave you greater meaning and purpose and made you more alive. Cause that's the way I've described it is it, yeah. it actually made me alive to feel more alive than you've ever felt was when you have that awakening of the, the flame, that thing, that's just a spark in all of us, the core of our being that, that finally gets ignited to some degree. And you're like, and you like, you come alive. I don't know if you, you, you've had the same experience it made me feel like um i could
0: it, it made me feel like there was a healthy outlet for my anger and that i could actually do something and that i wasn't a piece of shit and that i not all, and on top of all that personal feelings aside that not all hope was lost and that there was something worth fighting for a future worth fighting for uh, you know and and it set it it's it set my you know it set my mind at ease and it was what I needed at the time. And, uh, it's, it's been, it's been a hell of a, it, it I've, I've been really just like, um, through Pasio's work and Richard Grove's work and, you, you know, even, even Sean's work, uh, and a few others. And I'm not joking, but I, I've like, really been listening to these, these people's works. And when it comes to like the moral behavior aspects of it and the, the teachings of like natural law as like, as somebody like Passio would, uh, would put it forward and, and everything it's like, I, I'm, I have been hearing about these things my entire life. Um, um, I've been I've been exposed to these things literally my entire life and I was taught the golden rule at a very early age and it's just like for me personally, it just seems that the the problems that I lived through and again, I know this isn't a therapy session or anything like that, but it's it's more just an opportunity to kind of like give people somebody to kind of relate with and um, it, it's, it's really just about the, the, the kind of things I, the, 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 met, like the metaphysical things that I was taught, bringing that knowledge into the physical world, the things they, they didn't jive. They didn't, they didn't go together very well. They, they, and, and I said, wait a minute, I've been taught all of these things about the golden rule. Do not, you know, don't do like. I remember being like four years old and my, my mother would tell me, how would you like it if someone did that to you? That's the golden rule. That's what that is. Uh, you know. And then it's just like, okay, I wouldn't like it if someone did that to me. So I'm not going to do that to other people. And then you grow up and you, there's this thing called government and they just, you know, you steal everything from you. And it's just like, wait a minute. If but they're good. But it's the a good kind to, of ceiling. I came to a conclusion at a very early age and it sparked outrage within me. And then, uh, then after that outrage came, what am I going to be able to do about it? Nothing. Because that is outward forces speaking to you. That's how the cult, that's how the gang, you know, that's how Take they your operate. power from you. Like yeah. other people feel disempowered, so they don't want to be alone. And, they're, and they just, you know, um, they're sadist. And they just want other people to suffer with them. So they go, oh, you can't do anything about it because- because for some reason, they're projecting that they couldn't do anything about it onto you. So it's just... it's And then it's just like, okay, from a very early age, outrage, then not feeling empowered. Like, I can't do anything about it. More outrage, then more more craziness. And then, you know, doing crummy things in my teens. And then just, like, going down that path. But, I mean... I'm going with this is that like, uh, there, there is hope, you know, it's not, and I'm not trying to give anybody the false notion of like a hopium as some would call it, but like, no, there is, there, there is an opportunity to, to really change for the better and to really like, to really appreciate yourself for the, for the wonderful person that you, that you, that you are have the, pet, the the potential to be, and yep. the opportunity that you have every single day to do right, and and it and it's every single day you get a new opportunity to do right, to audit the things that you've done and figure out which which of those things were wrong and admit it, and admit it to yourself, admit it to the people that maybe suffered because of your dickheadish. <laughs> tendencies or actions, whatever, and, and try to like make amends, all these things can happen. It's possible. You know, it's, it's, yeah.
1: you know, well, the infinite value of each of us, we all have infinite value and in it's whether we're going yeah. to take that potential and actualize it into the now into reality and, and, or work towards our, our that a goal that we set for ourselves to actualize that into the future by bringing that future stream into the now that we, we make it happen. We all have that, that potential. We just need to get over what's been conditioned to us as you were describing. it. for me, it, uh, it, uh, associated the, the terms of learned helplessness where you learn to be helpless yeah. and, uh, and that brings demoralization where you then you're demoralized and you, you think there's no hope and, uh, you just accept the condition that you have. And that's what most people have, as you said, yeah. uh, Oh, there's nothing you can do about. It. Oh, well, even if that's true, what are you going to do about? it? Oh, there's nothing we can do, and that they've been conditioned to accept this, so they just let it continue, and it's completely, it's it's it's, it's destructive to your that core essence. Because uh, I view it as, uh, at a, at our core, we we all have um, this this care for truth that is that is supposed to be ignited, and it's uh, it's been suppressed and and kept deadened. Well, that's what the dead is is you don't care for truth, you're apathetic, and that leads to um, ignorance because if you don't care for truth, well, you're not going to seek to to know more. And then with that ignorance, will you have laziness and cowardice and then you don't have the action. So these are all processes to heal. and that's what the the Hiram Abif, uh, symbolism is about is that uh, the death of the care, and then we're put into the coffin, and that's what everyone is. we're all we're all dead and we need to be resurrected ties into the, the Jesus symbolism to resurrect our care and become reborn. That's what I've symbolized in, in my work as as the the afterlife because it's after your your life as a former uh, your former self, as a falser self, will you you become activated at the core of your being to care about truth um, and morality, especially moral truth. And that propels you forward. That becomes your your drive and your motivation, that care. In one of my infographics as well is the, the trivium and the, the trinity of consciousness well cares at the at the center that's the engine that makes everything else turn and if you don't have that that engine that that flame that's ignited in you well the rest of the processes of your thinking and your feeding back on your emotions that then lead to your your drives of what you care about to then your actions well if you don't have that care of truth at, at the foundation that's that's driving you well. Then you're gonna care about other things. Oh, I care to go to the football game. I care to go to hockey. I care to watch this. I care this, this, all these other millions and millions of other things that we can care about that give us some some pleasure trap uh, uh, stimulus in, in our in our psychological and physiological constructs to to feel a certain way that it's it's a dopamine hit and Meh. we rally for our teams and there's there's so much psychology and, and, and attachment and stuff that that keeps us uh, keeps us in our falser selves as opposed to um self-directing ourselves towards higher potentials and and trying to to bring those potentials into reality and actualize them self-realization self-actualization and individuation uh, that alchemical process to to continually remake ourselves and remake the world that's that's the goal but we can't do it on our own we're we're not each a, a god of our creation as a new age of uh, Oh, if you you close your eyes, reality is not there, and it all goes away. We're all we're all we're all creators of of our reality, just with our thoughts. No, it's not just with our thoughts. It's the thoughts that then the emotions and they feedback, and then they lead to the actions, and the actions are what are going to create our world. It's not just our thoughts. That's where it starts, but it's got to lead into the action, and we we all got to do it together, because one person alone can't just. Oh, well, let's just live in a moral world. I'll snap my fingers like uh, Thanos and uh, we'll just make <laughs> a, a moral world. Well, it, wouldn't it be great if it was like that? Oh, but then free will wouldn't actually exist. So it's, yeah. uh, it's a big complex. The world is complex. Reality is complex the way it operates. And we can learn how it operates and work together to create that world that we say we want, as opposed to just doing nothing or thinking we can't do anything and truly empowering ourselves with knowledge and then using that, empowerment of the knowledge to actualize it in reality through the power of action. And that's when it becomes actual power, when it's applied. Applied knowledge is as our actions and behaviors, and that's where the power manifests in reality. Up until that point, the knowledge in your consciousness is is a potential for power. It's empowering for you in your, your psychological framework and how you view yourself, your self-view and your worldview. It can be empowering to get you to eventually uh, engage in the power of your actions to do things in the real world that can affect other people and improve their lives and then in turn snowball in everyone's lives eventually potentially gets improved and we get rid of this nasty enslavement system the,
0: the, the, the overarching like me- uh, message of all the 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 nat- like teaching people about natural law, uh, and and morality, the laws of behavioral consequence, really can be summed up. And it's like it's it's a, it's, a, it's 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 self help, you know. It's it's empowerment. It's 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 to say that one person really can make a difference. And it's and yeah, you've been sold a bill of goods. You've been lied to your whole life by if you've been told in your life. That one person, oh, you're only one person. What are you going to do? One person can do a whole lot. I mean, we've, we've been really singing his praises this evening, but just look at what Mark's done.
1: He's touched are a he's, lot
0: of people and inspired a lot. Yeah. He's one guy. You know, he's one guy. Richard Grove is one guy. You know, uh, James Corbett, one guy. Like these, these guys, they're all just one guy. You know, like in, I mean, individually, they're not all three of them, one dude, (laughs) but you know, but like, that's, that's the point is like under having the moral under the understanding of morality and the immorality that we're surrounded by and, and standing up and saying, you know what? No more. All it takes is one guy to do that. And other people go, Oh, I can do that too. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, he's right. This is, this is crazy. This is unacceptable yeah 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 i'm gonna say no too and like that's all it takes is one person you know Uh, that's all oh and by the way uh thanos he could have snapped his finger and instead of getting rid of half the population he could have created twice as much food so that's what i gotta say about that (laughs) he
1: he was uh he fell under the the conditioning of our society to quell and, and like destroy and suppress our imagination so that we can't imagine any other outcomes than, and like false dichotomies of, well, it's either this way or that way. There's no other third or fourth or fifth or 10th or a hundredth possibility. No, it's only this or that. Oh, well, I got to do it this way because the alternative is that no, you could, like you said, there's, that was a good third option. He could have done.
0: Yeah. And uh, I mean, honestly, like that movie was just a big propaganda for depopulation, anyways. You know too many people
1: there's too many people you yeah know. to make you root for the the evil guy yeah oh, he's actually doing something good for humanity
0: maybe that Thanos purple guy's got you know he, he maybe he's, he's got, got a got, good idea let's follow yeah. him yeah he's got a he's got a point man Disney man uh, you know what I mean so and uh yeah I I, uh, I don't know I, it's been two and a quarter hour. What do you say? This was all good. This this was a great one. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate your time and attention this evening, Chris. I know you like, you like to give that send off at the end of some of your presentations. You acknowledge people's time and attention. I always appreciate hearing that come from you because it's something I've taken a liking to say to my audience as well. Uh, I like to thank them for their time and attention. I like to thank you for your time and attention um, and, uh, so other than the, what you've already told us, what do you have, what, what do you have planned in the future? You got any, you got anything, uh, anything uh, big ideas, uh, uh, big aspirations for the, for the future to look forward
1: to something um, that
0: keeps you, something that keeps you going other than just, you know, the, the phenomenal presentations that you put together. And you're, you're very well, your website is awesome too. I really like the stuff that you do.
1: But what else? You know, thanks a lot. Um, trying to, I don't know, I, I guess survive whatever, whatever's coming, whatever they're going to throw at us, trying to trying to make it through that and uh, still, uh, try, doing the work to try to educate people and make more people aware and just hoping that, uh, you know, more people learn, and uh, eventually, we, we over the generations, like maybe, maybe it'll happen really quick, but I just see it as like this is like really long, long ways away. The goal is going to be reached, and because it's going to take more people. But as uh, Pasio mentioned early on uh, or, or later, that his early expectations were by this time, I guess it was in. 2019 he said it or maybe in 2017 or 2016 before he took uh went off the his podcast there but he was expecting what like uh like a million people to be doing the same same level of work uh, that he was at or better and every time I'm like yeah, but like Mark you you have it at such a high level for people to take it to your level is already something and to, to go higher than you well how are people going to go higher than you you've read like a thousand books or something <laughs> like it, it takes so much time no one has dedicated as much time to learning and reading so much to, to coalesce all the information and and uh, maybe we can present it better but uh he, he's done such a great work so it's uh he sets the bar high but you know we can always try to improve ourselves and it's always a progression that's why anyone like that's what, how i started i was like well i'm my goal is to you know put his information out in maybe more detailed way, and in, in, with my own uh, my own method of explaining it, and that's what anyone can do. Like, if you don't know where to start, just take anything. Like, obviously, go go through Pasio's work. That's what I always want people to do. That's like everyone's got to do that. So you take something you like. Say you uh, you want to talk about order followers. Well, take what Pasio talked about, and then write about it. And all you have to do is start with that. And then as you, you do more, it'll snowball. Like I started just with like taking his first few shows and that's what my first 10 or 12 articles were on, whereas on like his 10, first 10 podcasts. And then after that, then like what teaching is the, one of the best ways of learning, like people, people who do the teaching know this, that, when you, you learn it from someone else, okay, you learn it and you absorb the information, but it's when you start to teach it that you, you really get like a, a greater depth and definition because then you're forced to have to bring up all those, those specific points in order to get someone else to understand it. And you might've only heard it cursorily and um, absorbed the information, but to, to actually put it back out there, it takes a lot more effort and it takes more time and energy and attention and dedication but when you, you do that, you're going to you're going to start making like more connections are going to be made um, in your consciousness and y- you're going to find avenues of things to talk about that maybe uh, Mark doesn't talk about or whoever other people you're listening to. There's going to be other things that, you're, y- that you've are you learned about and they're all going to start to connect more and more and more as you go and you, you build. That's what happened to me and that's how I've done um, some uh, original presentations with infographics or things that I've talked about that that other people might not have talked about um, because you're building off of previous information and you're building new new connections. And so just what I'm getting at is just start somewhere, start with something, some topic that you like, um, whatever. So if, if it's related to morality, it's, it's a great topic to talk about, whatever it is, like authority or what morality is or property or anything. Yeah. Um, pick something, anything. And just start talking about it and then it'll it'll grow and as you you grow you you'll you'll have questions and ideas and it'll it'll go into your your own thing and it'll make your your own unique thing and the point is to just start and that's what you got to do you got to kick yourself in the ass you just got to start and uh, obviously you got to have a certain amount of information amassed yourself there to, to be able to talk about something but you know, after you've been learning and learning, and especially if you go through all of Pasio's podcasts, well, you'll have a lot of information that you can go pick from. You're like, oh, I'm going to go to this podcast and this podcast. Oh, they will talk about this. Oh, I got to go there, refresh my memory. And and then you can just write about it or do uh, vidcasts or podcasts and audio or whatever. And and then it just it grows. It grows. You got to start somewhere, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, one man can make a huge difference, but the entire burden can't fall upon one man's shoulders. So that's that's the 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 message there. Um, you know, and you know, it just just to just to just to have said it. I mean, the information doesn't belong to Mark. So no no one owns truth.
1: No one owns knowledge. You can be the the purveyor of it, and then other people can take it and and repeat it. Yeah, and it's it he
0: is he's a, a wellspring of of uh information and knowledge and it is important um it is important information that he that he talks about and uh, he uh is a very motivated motivating person um if if you can if you can really hear what he's saying he's a very motivating person oh yeah so
1: and uh, and well, I wouldn't be here without without him. Yeah. and and' doing he, this anyways
0: you know it yeah I, i'm i'm thankful for him and i'm thank I'm, i wouldn't know about him if it weren't for for sean so it's sean's fault it's <laughs> a, good, a good
1: fault to have yeah
0: i'm just making a joke sean will get it you know it's all your fault sean <laughs> um but yeah i mean um, yeah that that's that's gonna do it i guess um chris you, you welcome back anytime man any anytime you have anything you want to get out uh to to more people you can always come back and, and hang out with me for for a while and and we can talk some more i'm excited to sounds finish. good yeah i'm excited for the rest of your your presentation series of natural law um do you have a schedule for that or is uh, it no no
1: okay <laughs> I have a full time so job and another stuff your going on with, uh, yeah yeah maybe part 3 next next weekend i'll have time cuz i still got a Get the time and uh, hopefully not be interrupted by by the little one and everything. And uh, and then once I have that recorded, yeah, I, I get it out. But uh, I still got to do infographics and all the right. the slides and everything, and that takes work. And then I got to do the the time to, to to talk about it all. Right. But um, yeah, yeah, next weekend probably for True Freedom, and then the next parts uh, probably uh, maybe a month, every month. I don't know. We'll we'll see.
0: Well, I, 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 then um everyone should go over to evolvedconsciousness.org and search your, you know, your YouTube and your Odyssey for Evolve consciousness or Chris Nelson and uh, subscribe to his channel, like his channel, and um, get notified for when he pro- posts new stuff because this is very important information that you're not gonna that you're not going to want to miss and don't be like me. Don't, don't let a gentleman like Chris Nelson's work go, go by you for almost (laughs) half a decade and, and not, not, not be aware of it, you know? So Chris, thank you so much. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me.
1: Have a good evening. You too.
0: Bye bye. All right, everybody. So that was Chris Nelson. Thanks again, buddy for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate his time and attention as well as everyone listening to this, your time and attention. So major takeaway from this is to really just like get active, get, get out there Any anyone can start a podcast. You can go on your phone, start one on your phone. Uh, you go to, you, you can, you can do it that way. If you're, if you're nervous, um, you can just make recordings of yourself and listen to the recordings before you even post them to see if you're, if you're happy with the if you're happy with the audio quality, all that stuff, all the all the shaky leg things that happen, um, get get in the game here. The more people that understand this and who are also talking about it, uh, maybe you have a YouTube channel or, like I said, a podcast or something like that. It, it really is important that we get a lot of people that understand this information to talk about it because. This is the stuff that's going to make a difference. This is the stuff that has, in the past, made a difference, and it can make a difference again. We can take it to we can take it to its fullest uh, conclusion, and we can take it to the fullest extreme of 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 understanding morality, natural law, rights, and saying no to those who would seek to oppress us from fulfilling our our obligation here, just having been created which is to realize our potential to self actualize and to do so without causing harm to anybody and to you know and to and to live a full life in freedom not just have freedoms but to live in freedom so take that little nugget of truth there and and carry it with you and uh think about it and get in the you know get in the pit as i'd like to say mosh around for a while it's fun and it's really uh it's really rewarding to be honest um so i appreciate everyone for tuning in tonight and uh as i like to say at, at the end of at the end of my streams typically you know the right thing isn't always easy but it's always the right thing and that's what we've got to concentrate on so do the right thing no matter the cost uh the best you can and don't do it because you expect an award do it just simply because it's the right thing to do uh a great man named hyacinth voice once said blessed are those who plant seeds for trees under whose shade they will not sit and i've grown very fondly of of uh of that phrase of of that um that quote <clears throat> I'll leave you with that, my 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 friends out there. I love you all, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks for black pill Digest. And uh it's it's gonna be a fun one. So tune in for that at freeyourmindne.com forward slash live on April 29th, 2023 at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As Sean McCann and I, Sean McCann from Wake the Dead. We will be talking about technocracy with Derek Pros from the Conscious Resistance Network from the Greater Reset. So, you're not going to want to miss this. Possibly other guests as well. Time will tell. I love you all. Good night.
1: Mm-mm-mm.